God, praise God. What a great God we serve. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord today. Reading from the book of Acts, I'm going to read one scripture and let you be seated. Acts chapter 2, verse number 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Savior, help us with understanding and revelation today. I pray that you'll give us direction according to the will of God. We ask these things in the wonderful name of the Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is interesting that as the Apostle Peter was preaching at this time to the Jewish people, many of them had gathered and were questioning what was going on on this day called Pentecost that we just recently passed and worshipped on. They asked him what is going on with all of this. Some were mocking. Some were saying that it is because they're drunk. And, of course, he clarifies all of that. They're not drunk as you suppose. That gives us the freedom to be demonstrative and to worship the Lord because we can get drunk on the same spirit today. And he preached to them a message. He just kind of went all the way back and came all the way forward. And his closing remarks or his interrupted remarks, actually, I don't know whether he was completely finished with what he was saying, but he did say in verse 36, therefore, because of all that I've said, in other words, whatever I've said, why is the therefore there? Because there's a reason. Everything that I've said to this point, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. He was making the trip bringing them into the New Testament, that Jesus was not only the Lord of the Old Testament, but he was the Christ of the New Testament. The NIV version said, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. So he tied in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Acts chapter 10, verse 36 he has sent this message to the people of Israel proclaiming the gospel of peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. This is confusing to some, but of course it's not confusing to Bible writers and those who were inspired both Old Testament and New Testament because Moses described and writ, wrote to us in Deuteronomy 6 and 4. He said, listen, Israel, He's addressing Israel, the house of Israel. The Lord, our God, is one Lord. So when, Paul, when Peter picked it up in the New Testament and brought what Moses had stated, that he's one Lord, then he brought it in that you've crucified the one that is both Lord and Christ. And let me just, before I move too much farther, just show you and state to you the easy part to understand God is to understand that he is omnipresent. His spirit is everywhere. He feels all, and he is in all. There's no area of his creation that he is not. So he had to have a body, thus the sonship. 
The sonship was given to us for a body, for a lamb, for a sacrifice. That's the only reason there was a body. He didn't need a body for himself because the Bible said unto us, unto us. It didn't say unto him in Isaiah 9 and 6. He said unto us a child is given. Unto us a, a, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Unto us. Unto us. Everybody say unto us. Unto us. God didn't need a body. We, we're the ones that needed the body. So unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government's going to be on his shoulders. In other words, the entire ruling of God's creation is going to fall upon him. That's why the apostle wrote, I want all of Israel to understand that this Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord, the Creator, and Christ, the Messiah. Because in him dwelt that eternal spirit, and they became one and united together. And God is saying to us through the book of Isaiah that all the government of God in heaven and earth is going to fall upon his shoulder. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Have you found him to be wonderful? And his name shall be called Wonderful. I think we can claim that today. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful God. I don't know whether they fully understood when they put a comma between Wonderful Counselor, but let's just take the comma out for a moment and put it together. He's a Wonderful Counselor. Oh, hallelujah. He's a wonderful counselor. And he's a mighty God. Hallelujah. You believe he's a mighty God? This son that was going to be born, this child that was given to us, he's a wonderful counselor, but he's the mighty God. Revelation called him the almighty. Hallelujah. He's a mighty God. Have you ever needed God and you called upon Jesus and he was there? In fact, out of the 953 titles and names of God, all you have to really call is the name of Jesus. You don't have to worry about going down the line of 953 titles and names. You just call on that name, and he's there. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to tell you that my God is not a statue somewhere. My God is not an idol somewhere. My God was not made out of stone. My God was not made out of wood. My God can taste, can feel, can express, and he can give to you what you need. My God is alive and well today, and I know him, and I call upon his name. He's a wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God, and he is the everlasting Father. Hallelujah. Take the word of God. Forget about the creeds. Let God's word proclaim to you who you serve. Let me just introduce to you today that you are serving both Lord and Messiah. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And we serve him as our mighty God and the everlasting Father because he is the Messiah. He is the Messiah. Hallelujah. He didn't have a body because he was spirit. But he was born of a woman and made under the law. Therefore, he became a son. But that didn't make him number two. He's still my God, my Savior, the everlasting Father. And he's one Lord. 
and Christ. Hallelujah. So it's confusing to some, but not to us, nor to Bible writers. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgression till the seed should come. Jesus is called the seed of Abraham. He came as the seed of Abraham. In other words, he came to the human race. But he was born of a woman. Galatians 4, 4. Born of a woman. Made under the law. He became a seed of Abraham because of the lineage of Abraham. So it goes on to say, now a mediator is not a mediator of one. In other words, you have to have two reasons to have a mediator. You're not a mediator of one, but wonder what that really means. Now, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. So is God one or is he a mediator? Let's take the mediator route because we already believe he's one. But let's take the mediator part of this. God is a mediator. He's a mediator. Why was the purpose of Jesus coming then? He became the sacrifice or the mediator. But it says God is one. First Timothy 2 and 5 said there is one God. That's established. That's a fact. And one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So here we have a mediator that God is the mediator. And this scripture said the mediator between God and men is Christ Jesus. So here it is, really simple. Here's this eternal spirit that is judgment and calling for judgment. And here's the man, Christ Jesus, that's pleading for you and gave himself as the ransom. He became all three. He became God of judgment, God of mercy in the sonship, and he paid the ransom for us. What a great God. No wonder the Bible calls him the mighty God. No wonder the scripture calls him a wonderful counselor. Do you need a counselor? Do you need a lawyer today? He's the mediator between God and man. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know what you needed, but I needed somebody to take care of my sins. I needed somebody to take care of my evil doings. I needed somebody to take care of my wrongdoings. And God said, I'm going to send a sonship born of a woman, made under the law, and I'm going to be in for a ransom for you. Well, hallelujah. So there's one mediator. The man Christ Jesus is the mediator between God and men, and yet God's the mediator. You put it together and figure it out. I'll tell you what it is. It's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, even as you're called and one hope of your calling. There's one God who is above all, through all, and in you all. He's not only just a mediator. He is both Lord and Christ. Somebody ought to rejoice with me. Is Jesus God or is he a mediator? I say he's both. The scripture said he's both Lord and Christ. So he's both the mediator and he's God. You don't have to go through a channel to get to God like some has a woman in the way. Yeah, yeah, they put a woman in the way. You got to go through Mary to get to God. Oh, no, 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 no. I love having women in my life. I got a beautiful wife and a bunch of beautiful daughters and grandchildren. I love it all. But I'm telling you, thank God we don't have to have somebody in the middle 
we can go directly to God. He's our mediator and he's our judge. He's both God of judgment and God of mercy. In fact, Isaiah 3 and 13 tells us that he's our lawyer and our judge. So you go to court with your lawyer and you're looking for your lawyer and you don't see your lawyer. You're sitting there, you're getting worried and there's nobody on the bench so there's no judge there and you're worried because you have to have a lawyer to help you to that judge that's going to sentence you to life in hell and you're sitting there and that that lawyer doesn't show up and you're worried, well, he quit. I must not have paid him. He's not there. But all of a sudden, somebody comes and sits on the bench and you look a little closer and you see he's your lawyer. Now, if he's your lawyer and he's your judge, you got it made, honey. When you recognize who Jesus is, uh, he's both Lord and Christ. You don't need a second person. What you need is Jesus. Uh, he fills it all. In fact, in Matthew 28 and 18, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Jesus just claimed it all. All power. That's why the government is upon his shoulders. All power was given to Jesus. That's why he could walk to the waves of the sea and say, Oh, back off, wave. Back off, wind. Be still. He could say to the demonic, come out of him. He could come to the evil diseases of people and say, hey, I am your tormentor. You're not tormenting this child anymore. I'm your tormentor. I'm so glad to tell you we got God on our side. I think it's time we let God start tormenting the devil. Why do we take what the devil says? Why do we give in to what the devil says to us? Why do we let God torment him? You know how to let God torment him? Start saying, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. So there's a mediator between judgment and mercy. And God is both. Continue in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 6. He said he gave himself a ransom for all. A ransom? Now, wait a minute. If he is a mediator, God's a mediator. Jesus is a mediator. There's only one mediator. And you have to have a reason for the mediator. So it's God and man. Now there's a ransom involved. So who's the ransom? Here's the mediator saying, somebody kidnapped you. And so a mediator comes into the picture, and they're trying to make this thing work out just right. I've been kidnapped. And I have law on my side, but I have somebody kidnapped me. Now I need a ransom. So who paid the ransom? The mediator did. So he's not only the judge, the lawyer, he also pays out the ransom. Now why is it so hard to understand that Jesus is both Lord and Christ? Why is it hard to grasp that he's both Lord and Christ? God purchased the church with his own blood. How does God have blood if he's in his spirit? God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, hallelujah. But he purchased the church with his own blood, Acts 20, 28. I'm here to preach to you if you could just understand he's both Lord and Christ. He's the ransom that was paid. He's the God that demanded it. And he's Jesus, the mediator that came and paid the price. He's both Lord and Christ. 
Well, hallelujah. That's why he's all and in all, as Paul said. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. I like this. Which was established upon better promises. I'm telling you, all these politicians making their promises, and it's sad how they've kept people slaved all their lives wanting more from the government. How about giving more to God and getting more from God? Why not let God bless you? Don't, de don't depend upon the government to bless you. Start doing what God blessed you with to do and let God bless you. Boy, that got quiet. I'm not picking on you because you get something from the government. If you need it and deserve it, thank God for it. But if you don't, get out there and work for it and help somebody else. They've made empty promises to people for so long. They're threatening us with Social Security. They're threatening us with all of this and saying it's going to go bankrupt if we don't raise our taxes. Well, they keep promising and keep promising, and hardly nothing comes out of it. The same old, same old. But I've lived for God all of my life, and my God has a better promise. He's never defeated. He's never put down. He's always on top of things. Uh, he's always there at the mention of his name. He's there. He's both Lord and Christ. He's my God and Savior. He is a wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. And he is the Prince of Peace. Somebody ought to rejoice with me. Oh, hallelujah. So Hebrews 9 and 15 goes on to say, And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption or the ransom of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Uh, hallelujah. I claim to be called today. God called me out of a world of confusion. I thought you said you just was in church all your life. I've been in church all my life, but I haven't been the best person. I haven't been perfect. I've been, I've been, I've been a failure. I, I, wasn't, I don't deserve what God has given to me, but I'm thankful. Oh, I'm thankful. I rejoice in that, that one day he called me that I might receive a promise of eternal inheritance. All these, all these uh, Preachers out there preaching their prosperity doctrine. If you'll just send me money, I'll send you a prayer cloth and it's out of paper. I got one one day. Promising all the wealth if you just send them an offering. You don't even know who he is, she is, what is. You don't know what's happening behind the scenes and how many times the government's uncovered their problems. Hey, we're here as a ministry in this church, transparent. You can see us every time we come to church. You know who we are, and we're here to pray for you, go to the hospital for you. You don't send your money to some preacher somewhere you don't even know who he is. Put your money where your children are. Put your money where your grandchildren are. Look what God has blessed us with. Our elder started this 1943. Uh, he had a, you can look at a symbol of it out here, two orange boxes for a pulpit, and look at this nice pulpit. 
We've come a long ways, baby. But I tell you why. Because our elder taught us how to take care of things. Uh, and you can see where your money is here. Don't ever be afraid to give your tithe and offering to this church. You know where Go and look at it. And let me just say, it's almost all prayed for. We borrowed a little bit to finish up a few things out there, but nothing compared to what this property is worth. You know, what, you know what the insurance tells us it costs to rebuild this piece of property if it all burned down? Over $10 million just for the buildings. And you own it. It's yours. You put the money in it. It's not mine. It's not Brother Bradford's. It's not the ministerial staff of this church. It belongs to you. Take care of it. Rejoice in it. Thank God for it. Oh, I might just throw this in. Here's my coattail, Pastor. I'm just going to throw this in. This is vacation time, and we like everybody taking their vacation. But if you're home, you're not on vacation. You need to be in the house of God. You know, the reason being, we don't like these empty pews. When somebody comes in, oh, they're not having a revival. Look at all the empty pews. No, it's some lazy saints that don't go to church. We need to be in the house of God when we're in town. We want you to take your time, go out of town, have a good time, but be here so somebody can come into this building and feel the power of God. We felt the power of God in this place this morning, and if you want the Holy Ghost, you can get the Holy Ghost. If you want to pray with all your heart, you can receive things from God. There's benefits in being in the house of God. Has anybody been blessed in the house of God? Has anybody been excited about the house of God? Somebody coming in for the first time may wonder what we do with our excitement, but they'll love it once they get a hold of it. This is the best thing going. Hallelujah. We don't have a statue on the wall somewhere. We have a God that's in us. He's both Lord and Christ. So he is a ransom for the transgressions of our lives, a ransom. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but this gets me excited when I start thinking, what would I have been able to pay for if I had been caught with everything that I did wrong? Now, I'm not going to tell you all my secrets. It's all under the blood. In fact, I can't hardly remember it myself, but it's bad. I'll tell you it's bad. One day, a bunch of us, no, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I will tell you because you laughed. Bunch of us boys went to the store, did some things we shouldn't do. We ran back to school, got back there, and changed our shirts so they would be confused. Well, that tall guy had this shirt on. That short guy had that shirt on. That ugly boy had that on. No, we changed the shirts. We had different shirts on. But they caught us. But I'm here. I didn't go to jail. I thank God for his protection, his blood. Has anybody done anything wrong in this building in your life? Oh, yeah, four or five of you and the rest of you are what? Now you did say something wrong. Cause you, how many of you have ever done anything wrong in your life? Aren't you glad that he paid the price? You didn't have to pay the price for it. And now he gave you an eternal, an eternal inheritance. Hallelujah. You say, well, I didn't get anything out of what I paid my tithe and offering for. Well, here you've got a you got a ballpark, you got a gym, you got a school, you got all of that. And I'm not, that's not where I'm at. If you're thinking you're going to get something right now for what you give, that's wonderful. I hope you do. I hope you're blessed beyond measure. I really do. But greater than that, there is a promise of eternal inheritance. We're going to go see this one that's both Lord and Christ.
We sang it, I'll live on. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I don't like that song. There's one word in it I don't like. It said through eternity. That means you're going to go through it. You know, you go through a tunnel. You enter one end, go out the other. We're not going to go through eternity. We're in eternity. Oh, I'm just having fun. I'm not picking at it. I'm just saying, it's in eternity. In eternity. There is a promise of eternal inheritance. <laughs> you know, it's too big to grasp. It really is. It's too hard to figure out. I'll deviate just a little bit. In heaven, heaven is 1,500 miles square, the Bible said, and high. Got it? I've told you this before. You multiply that out and figure it out. It goes from California to Houston, Texas, up to the Canadian border, across to the California coast and down. That's the lower level. That's that lower level. But it's 1,500 miles high. So that goes way up there. You multiply that out and figure it out. There's three billion, 600 million cubic miles in heaven. That means that 3 billion, 600 million people could have one cubic mile. I mean, from here, no, let's not go that way. Let's go this way. No, let's not go that way. Which way do you go where it's good in Bakersfield? <laughs> go a mile any way you want to go in a mile high. An eternal inheritance. And the gates are not shut in that city. And there's a river of life that flows downward. And there's gates on each side of that city, three gates. And we'll come in there all together. Somewhere in the midst of that is the throne. And I just slipped this in here since he's both Lord and Christ. Revelation said in 4 and 2 that there's one throne and one that sat on that throne. When you get to heaven, you're only going to see one, one throne, one that sat on that throne. But we're going to come all at once. I love this. I, when I get, I, this wasn't even in my notes. This is free today. When I get to thinking of this, it does something to me. That we're, that's, that's, we're not going to dwell there. All these songs about mansions in heaven and all that, we're not going to dwell there all the time. Those gates are never closed. We can go out. There's no night there. You're up all day. There is no day. There is no night. It's eternity in our eternal inheritance. We'll explore all of God's creation. We'll enjoy all that God has for us. Uh, if that doesn't make you want to live for God... Are you happy with the politics of our world? Are you happy with all that's going on in our world? No, I'm praying, come Lord Jesus. I want to see the one that died for me. I want to see him. And the beautiful thing about it is we're not going to see him in a great line that's formed in heaven. Oh no, we're going to come from the east and the west and the north and the south. And we're going to come through all those gates. And we're going to see Jesus all at once. And we're going to stand there in awe of the one who died for us. Oh hallelujah. The mediator that said, I ransomed you, uh, I bought you, uh, I took you out of captivity. In fact, I took captivity captive. Uh, I got a hold of captivity and took it captive uh, and said, you're free, you're free. Oh, hallelujah. And we're going to see him uh, who died for us, uh, every one of us all at once, for he's no respecter of persons. Uh, and we're going to see him who died for us. Uh, if that doesn't make you want to shout, then you're dead full bones. Uh, why not shout a little bit and say, oh, God has saved me. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. 
Well, hallelujah. Well, let's go farther and have a little more fun. Are you having fun? I'm having fun. I'm having the time of my life. I just got a taste of my inheritance. John 10 and 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Verse 2, but he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 7, then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door. Huh. He just said he's the shepherd. If you don't enter the door, you're like a thief and a robber. Now I'm the door. So which is he? Is he the shepherd or is he the door? Is he the father or son? He's both Lord and Christ, church. I am the door. Is Jesus the door or is he the shepherd? Or has he been made both the door and the shepherd? I say he's both. Verse 6, this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. That's what I was talking about in heaven. We'll be going in and out. Hallelujah. We'll find all his creation. Hallelujah. Verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have that, have it more abundantly. We got the earnest of our eternal inheritance today. Just a little bit of it. If you feel good in your spirit, you got just a little bit of it. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep or the ransom. Jesus was teaching that he is both the Lord and Christ, mediator and ransom, door and good shepherd. Now listen to John the Baptist. John the Baptist is introducing Jesus when he sees him on the shores of the Jordan River. And what does he say? Hello, Jesus, the second person. He says, this is Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God. So he's the door to the sheepfold. He's the shepherd, and he's the Lamb. How could can, how can you be so confused to worry about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost when he's the door, he's the shepherd, and he's the Lamb? He can be all, and he is all, and he's in all. Hallelujah. He's the door, he's the shepherd, he's the, he's the lamb. Now he's all three. Can you believe that? Not just both, but he's all three. Verse 19, listen to this, verse 19 of chapter 10. There was division, therefore, among many of the Jews for these sayings. That division is still with us today because they will not take what Jesus said. They will not take what Apostle Peter said. They will not take what Apostle Paul said. They will not take what Isaiah said. They won't take what Jesus said. All of these sayings troubled them. Revelations 22 and 13. Go a little farther. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So he's the first letter of the alphabet. He's the last letter of the alphabet. He's the first or the beginning. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1-1. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
the first and the last, now he's all three. Briefly look at the Old Testament. Let's go to Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am the Lord. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions. The ransom, for my own sake, he will not remember my sins. He's the mediator and the ransom. 44 and 6 said, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. And beside me there is no God. Let me tell you, friend, he's both Lord and Christ. You might as well accept him when you're trying to say, Well, I accept Jesus uh, as a second person in a triune Godhead. You're missing the whole picture. Why not accept Jesus as who he is? Uh, he's the beginning of creation. He's the beginning of redemption. He's the completion of regeneration. He is my God. I know who he is. He died for me. He paid the ransom for me. He judged me. And he found me as my lawyer. He found me not guilty. Isaiah 44 and 24, thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, mediator and ransom, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord, that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. All of these theologians trying to figure out who God is, who Jesus is. Why don't you just take the men that he had right, the words of God. Thus saith the Lord. This is not Isaiah's words. He's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost or the, or the Spirit of God. And he's saying, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, He that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that made all things, stretched forth the heavens alone, spreadeth abroad the earth by myself, he didn't need no help. You know, all he needed, all he needed was a body. And Hebrews said, a body hast thou given me. A body. So, <coughs> Colossians 1 and 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption, ransom, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, <clears throat> who is the image of the invisible God. He's both Lord and Christ. He's the in image of the invisible God. All you're ever going to see of God is in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul the Revelator said, there's one throne and one that sat on that throne. Jesus is the firstborn of every creature. For by him, Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Get this one in verse 17. He is before all things, and by him, Jesus, all things consist. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things uh, he might have, that in all things, uh, that in all things he might have preeminence or, or above it all. Hallelujah. Oh, when we worship Jesus, uh, we worship God. When we worship God, uh, we're in the Holy Ghost. Uh, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Uh, oh, hallelujah. Do you know who you serve today? He's both Lord and Christ. Hallelujah. Beware. Colossians 2, 8 and 9. 
Let any man spoil you with philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means Jesus is God. You really like this, I can tell. You know, you, you know why you like it? The scripture has been revealed to you, and you got a little taste of your inheritance to understand who God really is. It, it, it's sufficient for us to say that he's both Lord and Christ. Read for me John 16, 32. Wait a minute, you're going to be scattered now. Every man to his own. Every man's going back to his own little place. And shall have, leave me alone. And shall leave me alone. Yet I am not alone. Wait a minute, yet I'm not alone. <laughs> because, what? Because the Father is with me. Gotcha, preacher. There's two there. You gotta give me, you gotta give me 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. To wit, that God was in Christ. He's not alone. The Father was there. Where was the Father? The Father was in him. God was in Christ. Having a ransom for my sins. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. Not even counting their wrongdoings. And hath committed unto us the word. And gave to us the word of reconciliation. I'm here to tell you, he's both Lord and Christ. Come on, why don't you be reconciled to him today? Why don't you be reconciled to him today? Why don't you know who he is? He's my father. He's my Jesus. He's my God. He is everything to me. He's the lamb and the high priest. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the body and spirit. He's the bright and the morning star. He's the light and the lamp and the oil in the lamp. He is the rock that the builders rejected. He's the living waters, the very image of the invisible God. Why don't you be reconciled to him today? He's above all, through all, and in you all. He's in all of you, and we will see him when we get to heaven. He's the first fruits and the seed. He's the first fruits and the seed. Isn't that easy to grasp? He's the seed and he's the first fruits. That's why he's the father and the son. God didn't need a son. He's a creator. What he needed was some way to pay for your sins. He could have paid money. He owns a cattle of a thousand hills. But he said, I'll tell you what, because of the law that came to show you your transgressions, you had to kill a lamb. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put myself in a body. I'm going to walk the shores of Galilee. I'm going to cast out devils and I'm going to heal the sick. And I'm going to die as a ransom. I'm going to pay the price for your sins. Oh, hallelujah. I, I'm telling you, 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 you're here today, but I'm telling you, if Jesus wouldn't have paid for our sins, we'd be sinners. Is anybody rejoicing about your sins? Oh, no, we're rejoicing because the ransom was paid. Jesus Christ, oh, hallelujah. 
He was dead, but he's alive forevermore. He's the word and the very personage of the eternal God. He's the door, the shepherd, the lamb, the seed, the tree of life, the judge, the lawyer, the mediator, the ransom, the high priest, the lamb, God of all, son of God, son of man, rose of Sharon, lily of the valley, first of the last, Alpha and Omega, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He's all three wrapped up in one, and his name is... I'm telling you, this is Bible. It's not history. It's not theological discussion. It's Bible. Why not be reconciled to him today? Why not be reconciled to him today? I'll try to quit while we come and prepare to sing because you can join in this eternal inheritance today by understanding who he is. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24 through 28. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God. Listen very carefully. Then cometh the end when he's going to take the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. For he must reign Till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy shall be destroyed is death, for he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all and in all you're not alone today you have Christ in you the hope of glory God is in you and you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost you're not fighting with three spirits in you you have one spirit for the Bible said he that is joined to the Lord has become one spirit aren't you glad you know who that one spirit is his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Come, be reconciled to him today. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen.
today that you gave us the word that is so alive it's not a dead ritualistic book but you are the word manifest in the flesh you are God made known in the flesh you needed a body and we needed a ransom you needed blood and we needed salvation. You needed a church. And I want to tell you today, Jesus, you're my God and Savior. And this is your church and every church like it. We are your body in the earth today. We shed your blood every service for somebody that wants to be saved. They can plunge beneath the flow. We worship you, God, as our Lord and Savior, both Lord and Christ. One more time, sing it together. Oh, this is too good. Yes, He is Lord. He has risen. Does anybody feel Him today? Does anybody believe He's risen? forget service tonight at 5.30. Prayer begins around here. Let's have a Holy Ghost revival service tonight. Powerfully anointed by God. Here comes a miracle right here. 